I am unashamed. What about you? Just keeps working. The key to marriage is when you find something that works. You, Keep doing you, it. You revisit that. So, because I want these these crappie right now, they're spawning. And so I've been all over the place last couple weeks. I mean, I can't even name the cities. I was waking up. Where am I? Where am I at today? <laughs> You're in a lot of so, treasure hunting, Joe. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go catch some crappie because my wife, every time I come back, she has a nice meal prepared. I mean, she's busy. She's busy as I am. I thought, tonight, you know what? I'm I'm cooking. So I had this thought yesterday, but I went down there, and I went to my little hot spot at Willie's Pond and caught nothing. So I thought, yep, the fish have changed patterns because they're spawning right now. Yeah, we were sitting so, on the porch when they yeah, were. Y'all saw me. Yeah, we saw you going down there, and we were trying to figure out who it was. And I don't know why I didn't thank you, but we thought it was John Reed, who is Willie's son-in-law, who lives across the street from me, because y'all kind of have y'all both slender build, beard, longish hair. Well, see, I tried to slip over there and and avoid. Yeah, but you got watchers saying. now. You got yeah, y'all are sitting out on the porch. We're now beginning into what we call the porch season. Oh, y'all are there on the porch. Yeah. So here's what happened. So I spent 30 minutes looking for my little bait tackle box thingy yeah and uh and so i found it because i had we were filming for the treasure hunt i had my line broken and i you know i was like i gotta find my i I couldn't figure out what i did with my bait so i find it but then i forget to put it in my pocket i mean i looked 30 minutes this is how just you know my mind it's just what's wrong with me (laughs) so i go over there you know i tie into one of these 10 pound bass over there in his pond with a crappie rig was that right off the bat Right off the bat. All right, so look, we so here's what's interesting. So here I'll tell you so we're watching you and we saw we saw you cast about the second cast and then Jay went, Oh, broke his line. Mm. So I, I could just barely see because I don't have that good eyesight, but Jay literally called it. He saw you break your line oh, yeah. I just I, so I tied in not enough tackle. Not enough. So I mean that thing I ran around that pond trying to land him just to take a picture, I guess. So then while I look up, we'll have no other bait. It's like I, I did all this fishing, you know, expedition. So I made an adjustment, but I and so the next day, which was yesterday, yesterday, yeah, I uh, I catch five nice crappie, which is why I had the hat on because it was cold. Yeah, and it was a lot colder. The first day it was perfect. I mean, yeah. it was seventy five. Yeah, degrees. but them crappie, something about it with cooler temperature, I seemed to do better. So I caught them, cleaned them. I did some baked potatoes uh, and some a version of toast, buttered bread, and I just cooked. I didn't ask, "Are you hungry? When's the last time you ate?" I just, I just cooked it, and then I said, "It's ready." I mean, it was like, it really wasn't supper time. <laughs> it was like four <laughs> thirty. She was like, "I haven't eaten anything all day because she's been busy." So I was like, "Perfect." I mean, it was just quite, quite. I mean, quite the spread. There. It was way better though the one time. I remember you did the same thing, but you didn't know she had entered some kind of fasting deal. That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> then but you're you're good. Of course, you know how could you know, get right? The thought that counts. Yeah, that's right. And uh, man, there's just something about those crappie. Oh, now I that. did the mustard fried last night because I had the baked potato, so I offset the frying with that. It's a fine eating fish. 
<clears throat> in my mouth. At the I mean, best, one of the best. Well, now that I'm on the, the Gulf Coast a lot more, well, I guess we are technically here, but when I'm in Alabama, I'm literally on the Gulf Coast. So I've been trying a lot more fish because they got a lot of different fish down there. So I, I tried, so we went over to Chef Chris's house, you know, our, our pal down there, uh, who's also a fellow treasure hunter, he and his mm-hmm. wife. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, trigger fish season had just started. So I'm always constantly, every time I go to Chris's house, we're trying a new fish I've never tried. And it was good, but n- nothing I've eaten so far out of everything that's come out of the Gulf will top a crappie. Oh. I mean, it's just, I have to say, I mean, you know, you got to give, you got to credit where credit's due. And, and Chris can do amazing things with fish, so he even makes it even better than normal. But nothing is better than a crappie. It's just the, it's the king. The, the closest thing in my mind is still... You know, that belly meat of an Opelousas catfish, you know, when it's thin fried, it's it's in the yeah, neighborhood. That's where we're at. First Corinthians fifteen thirty nine, all flesh is not the same. <laughs> that's right. Men have one kind, animals have another, mm-hmm. birds another, and fish another. Well, inside that sector you have the crappie and that flesh I, I put at the top. That's right. Eat. That's right. It's good. <laughs> But you know, there's a guy there down there. There's a Lisa and I found a little smokehouse down there in Gulf Shores, and the the guy he he smokes a lot of fish as well. You know, he does typical things you'd smoke, you know, pork and all that. But he smokes because fish is so readily available. So the other day I had a smoked pompano. Jace, you remember that year you and Jay caught some pompano off the beach? No, that was good. We cooked the whole fish. It was delicious. Well, he took that same fish, and this one was about, you know, probably about yeah. six, eight inches long. They look scary. They look like piranha. Yeah, because they got kind of a their mouth. Just the way of, they look. But, boy, you're doing good. They got that wide, wider body, but their meat is really flaky and delicious. But he smoked that whole fish. And so I just took him in and just heated it up for a little bit in the oven. But, man, you're talking about delicious. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. But I wouldn't put them above a crappie. No, they're not quite there. But it was good. But he does a smoked salmon. Lisa never liked salmon because salmon, especially on that bottom part of the fish, you know, it's a little bit bit stout, a little bit loud. But he smokes them. And I'm telling you, because, you know, salmon has a lot of fat in it. And, of course, that can work against you depending on what the fish is. But he does it in a way that's really good. I mean, I don't know. We're trying to, you know, smoke fish. But the crappie is still the king. No doubt. You know, and and I guess good for marital relations as well. I'm telling you, it was spectacular. According to Jace. Yeah, I know. It is. I keep telling you all that it's something that you can do to spice up your marriage. If you just take control of the situation, (laughs) you just prepare the meal and the whole process. And there's something about catching fish and then immediately eating them that's way better well i will say fresh and then there's that i will say jace from unashamed nation i don't think i've told you this there have been several emails that have made their way into my inbox that have backed up what you say some of our female listeners said jace is right on target you know, I hope my husband's listening, you know, and stuff like well, that. Some people don't have the skill set, but right. I mean, you can make it work. But I mean, if you can figure out, I mean, fishing is pretty basic and most places have water or you don't last long. Figure out how to catch a fish and clean it. You can watch a two minute YouTube video on how to be like. And even if you can't fish, they have fish markets, so you could get. I know, but there's. I do think there is something about the process. You're providing 
a skill mm-hmm. that's impressive to your spouse. That's yeah. impressive. Watch this. Because I think they think everybody's so scared of the doomsday scenario and all this. I'm telling you, my wife knows if that happens, I will be really handy for providing <laughs> me. Think about the tonnage of fish that we have eaten it through the years. A oh, lot, lot of fish. A lot of fish. I know they yeah, they used to say that fish was brain food. It's good the brain, it's something about that's in fish that's good for the brain. Well, that's probably kept us just Maybe it's something to it. Out of some <clears throat> kind of psychiatric care. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's probably why we're still here talking about the Bible. We're always, you. you know, we're a tick off already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we say that half a bubble. So where we, are we at today, Al? So we are finally drum roll please to 1 Corinthians 15, which I think is the crescendo of the book. Obviously, we're at the end of the letter. But to me, he sort of takes everything we've talked about and says, here's what you need to focus on. And in this particular discussion we're going to have about, you know, it starts with the gospel, then he winds up zeroing in on the resurrection, is the best um, discourse in the entire New Testament on the resurrection and the resurrection body. I mean, you don't really find any other context where it's laid out quite as clearly as he does here. And it makes me wonder if maybe he had to do some extra teaching to the Corinthians about it anyway. I don't know. But he goes into real depth, which we want to do too. So but this- he, did, he did lead up to, I mean, he introduced it in the first couple of chapters, talking about, hey, I, I just want to introduce Jesus, right. him crucified. That's what I'm about. It's more relational. Right. And I've mentioned many times about how he mentions the Trinity in a relational aspect. Yes. And then he did this whole thing in 1 Corinthians 10 about God is faithful. I mean, that that verse 12, when it said God is faithful, he won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he'll provide a way out. I mean, it's like, once you hear the gospel and what Jesus did, his death and burial and resurrection, which he's getting into extensively here, if you're not even open-minded to a way out, you're not going to pay attention to it. it right. It's weird how he, he's like, there, there has to be some humility. I, I go back to that Sermon on the Mount when he started off talking about these qualities that a person will be blessed if they have. And they centered around being open and vulnerable and broken and and hungering and thirsting and in need. Because if you're not looking, you're 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 just it's just gonna pass you by. You just right. think it's some story. Well then he got into love because we had they had a the wrong view of love. They had it basically tied to sex, just right. based on what was going on in the culture. So he defines that and pursuing things that you know faith and hope and love so then when he gets to first corinthians 15 after he he kind of rakes them over the coals about some of the the problems that they're having he's like all right well let me just remind you of the gospel that's right which takes it back to the beginning for them he's like exactly it's a reset it's like problem Answer, problem, answer, problem, answer, problem, answer, and the answer. I mean, then he finally gets it down to where, look, this is where your focus needs to lie. Because he, he, just look how he described, even if you didn't know what the gospel was, and we all used to, when we studied with people, we would 
we would kind of set people up and ask them these questions because he said the gospel, verse 2, saves you if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. So, and I always view that as, you know, in the beginning was the word, John 1. The word was with God and the word was God. Because we, we tend to think, well, it was some sermon he preached, but Jesus is the word. Right. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. You've taken your stand on it, verse 1 says. You received it. You took your stand on it. You're saved by it. you got to hold firmly to it. Which Other- really goes back, Jays, to that, I think back to the parable of the sower. Remember when Jesus was talking about that? Was it Matthew 13? Mm-hmm. Where he was talking about the gospel is like the seed that goes out. And he talked about the very first one is the one that just, it, it's there, but it gets snatched away. The bird comes snatch it away. That's the person that never held on. It never even got in, in got his foot in the door Exactly to understand. What I mean, it. it's amazing that you could forget this. But then verse 3, he says, it's of first importance. I mean, to me, that's what separated. When he made that statement, you should perk up. Yeah. You're reading of all the letters Paul wrote. He gets to this section. He's like, for, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. What is the most important thing in the Bible, in human life? That's and right. then it's like. And not only that, Jays, but that also means there are things concerning the Bible, concerning God, concerning Christianity, spirituality that aren't as important. Remember, if you've got a first importance, that means you've got things after. Well, think about it. What people would, try to lump it all together. What would people say? If you said, what's the most important thing in religion? I think most people would say the Bible. Mm-hmm. But if you read this, you're like, what are you saying? The Bible's not important? No. What's first important is that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Right that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. You remember when in John 5 when Jesus said, you think that by the Scriptures you possess eternal life, but you forget that these Scriptures are pointing at me, right. and you refuse to believe. That's a great point. So, Hang on, let's take a break. So 50 years is a good marker when you say this you just turned 50 a couple of years yeah. ago it's yeah. a dad you remember when you were 50 it seems like a long time ago been a while so one of our sponsors american home shield has been operating for 50 years which tells you something about this business they've been doing this for a very long time which right off the bat that earns some respect because they know what they're doing um, so what they do is they help provide protection for your household items that'll go out like a dryer ac you know, things like this that it's really hard to plan on because it's such a big expenditure, you know, if one of these things goes out. So what they do is if they can't repair the covered item, they'll replace it. Uh, Service fees, limitations, exclusions apply. You can see their plan for detail. But it's really a good option to protect you on those big items. So keep your home up and running and budget on track with American Home Shield right now Unashamed listeners can take $50 off their most comprehensive plan ever. So here's what you do. Go to ahs.com slash fill to save 50 bucks. ahs.com slash fill for $50 off any plan. Service fees, limitations, exclusions apply. See their plan for detail. 
American Home Shield. Be sure with the shield. Now, that's a great point because, and that's what happens. That's, that's why I want to bring that up because people can, can go into Scripture, and especially if you do it without a true relationship with Jesus, and you're going to come out with all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, you talk about some wild things that will come out of, and they'll say, well, it's in the Bible. And you're saying, yeah, but. And have you heard a sermon on Revelation lately? <laughs> you know, yeah. they forget the first verse says, just like First Corinthians is about focusing on the gospel, the book of Revelation, singular, I mean, this past Sunday, I heard the preacher say. Revelations. Revelations. And I thought, Nope. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I just wanted to raise my hand and say, it's the revelation <laughs> Take that of ass Jesus off. Christ. Yeah, It's not your revelations that you had last night in preparing for this sermon. Right. I have a revelation about revelations. It's all Let's all have revelations. <laughs> let's just throw them out there. So it's written in apocalyptic writing. And if you try to figure out all the symbolic language of that, you will not find one person on the earth that's going to agree with every jot and tittle that you've come up with. Correct. But you're off to the wrong start already because they weed out the focus, which is Jesus. There's red letters in Revelation too. Yep. What everybody should do, what they all should do, is start Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What did Jesus say? And what did he say he was going to do? I'm going to die, be buried, and raised from the dead. You get to the end of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he did die. He was buried. He was raised from the dead. They all tell the same story. Jesus came down in flesh. We got the Virgin Mary story, where he come from, what he did. I'm going to die. He did for the sins of the world. He did. Was buried. He was raised from the dead. Yeah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You get to Romans. First statement, a servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel of God, he serves it doing his whole heart. I'm not ashamed of it. You get, you get past Romans, you get into the Corinthian letter where we are now. But if you went on past the Corinthian letter and you come to Galatians, I am astonished you're so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of God. God and our Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. We're going to take part of the law and put that in there. He said, don't do that. You get to go. Well, he said, no, don't do it. But if you preach a different gospel, he said, let him be eternally. Let condemned. him be eternally. The, the strongest language in the Bible. So go every, so everybody listening, go from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus's death, burial, resurrection. Then look at the book of Acts. First page or two, that's all you need. Then get to 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. Look at the first chapter or two. It'll tell you what it's about. Get to Galatians. He's the first thing he brings up. Then you get to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. You are right down to the bottom, verse 13, 113. You were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. He's going to say the gospel is the word of truth over and over and over. It's the gospel of your salvation. That's Ephesians. Then you get to Colossians. No, Philippians first. Thank you for being a partnership in the gospel. That's one. Defending and confirming the gospel. That's two. Advancing the gospel. That's three. I, I'm in the first paragraph or two in Philippians. 
Well, I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The important thing is God, that Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice. Then at the bottom, I'm, just, I'm still in the first chapter of Philippians. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Stand firm, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, being one in spirit and purpose. And you go through Philippians, and you get to Colossians. How long does it take him? About eight verses. Chapter 1. You, the, you've heard about, and the word of truth, the gospel that's come to you, it's producing fruit. The gospel is all over the world. Well, that's stand that's, firm that's, uh, as one man over there. You say, I'm still five and six, five and six, five and six, not, not eight. No, but I'm just saying, if you just take everything that discusses the gospel, take each book Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First, Second Corinthians, Philippians, Galatians. <laughs> You just read them all, and it, look, you say, why would he be so redundant on something he reminded the Corinthians of? I want to remind you of something of the gospel I preached to you. Because it's real easy to get off. That's what saves the world. That's what removes your sin, the gospel. Well, you know what I noticed? That's what raises you from the dead, the gospel. So if you miss that. You know what I noticed, Phil, to go in with what you're saying? Every... Letter starts off with the gospel, yeah, and it ends with great the grace of God, correct? yeah. In the in the last chapter, that is correct. It correct. starts with the gospel. Only and bring it, it ends up with the grace of God. Only bring it up, Jace, because you on the last podcast he said, uh, "Yeah, I would." He run up on one individual after the other. I I I think I would tell people about Jesus if I, if I knew what if I knew where the verses were. Yeah. You don't need to know where the verses are. <laughs> if you can't read through your Bible and read Matthew, the end no, Jesus. of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then the book of Acts, and then the book of Romans, and the book of First and Second Corinthians, and you start down through that list, you say, if you miss that Jesus came down in flesh, died, was buried, and raised from the dead, what, what, do you, what do you mean you can't find the verses? That, it's packed full of it. Well, it's like you can't like, miss it, Phil. It's like this. Uh, we were doing a, one of the, one of these episodes. I can't talk about, and at the end <laughs> of the so-called episode, they asked me to say a few words. Well, I didn't. I mean, our show. This is as about as real as as you can do TV. And uh, I said, "Well, well, why didn't you give me a?" at least a little heads up here because they wanted me to speak in front of a crowd of real people for the show. Well, I figured you could say a few words. And I was like, well, why don't you give me a heads up? And so this woman, she's like, well, you're a professional speaker. And I was like, I looked around behind me. You know, I was kidding, but I was like, are you talking to me? I'm, there's, I have no training. She's like, well, you speak all over the place. I was like, yeah, that's what you've labeled professional I'm telling you, as the Holy Spirit of God, I got one speech, and it centers around Jesus. Now, I'm going to give the speech because then I quoted 1 Peter 3.15. I thought this was an indirect way to tell her why I speak. I'm not very smart. I'm not Paul very said educated. The same thing. I, exactly. I was like, but what you're, she's like, yeah, but I've, I've listened to your speeches. I was like, well... But that's, here's the deal. I know Jesus, 
and that's answered all of life's problems. So therefore, I'm qualified to address all issues because Jesus did address all possible scenarios and issues in life. And then somebody put them in red letters where they're readily available. I then have the Holy Spirit. I said, because deep down, my biggest fear in life is to speak publicly. <laughs> but the look on her face was like, because, you know, she's like, well, are you going to speak or not? I was like, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not like what you're calling professional. I'm going to give credit to the Lord because it certainly is not me. I'm just introducing Jesus and his qualities, which yeah. would then make you look like a professional because I know the professional. Right. The profession, I was trying to give the credit to the actual professional is God above. Because he takes people who are not very smart, not very talented, made a lot of mistakes, and he empowers them. He cleanses them, and he empowers them. That's why the gospel, so that's what I was going to say. Why, or what did you think the gospel was when you first heard the gospel? Because he's fixed, we hadn't, we hadn't, well, you said what it was, but he says it in verses 4 through 6, that Christ died for our sins, according to scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised. Then it says, and then he appeared to Peter, which was proof of the resurrection. He basically said it's who Jesus is and what he did on a cross. That's right. Resurrection. But what did you think it was? You were what, 28? So, so Dad, hang, <coughs> I had no idea. Hang on for you answer that. Let's take a break. Good catch, Josh. Nope, they wouldn't. That would have been bad. All right? So just recently, Lisa and I were sitting down with a young couple that are uh, contemplating marriage to give them some of our advice on, on what would best help them. And I realized that through the years, we've helped a lot of people with wise counsel just through biblical counsel and, you know, life experiences. But sometimes people need a, a little bit more than that. They need someone that has some professional training. And we encourage that because Jason and I both have uh, experienced professional counseling, what it can do for your family, what it can do for you individually. So we have a great uh, sponsor called Faithful Counseling that really is does a great job at being to help people remotely because you can't always, you know, have someone in your area that you can get to. They have over 3,000 licensed therapists across the nation. There's different ways you can communicate with them, text, chat, phone, video. Uh, it's, it's financially, they have aid available if, if you have trouble there. It's secure. It's convenient. I've heard really good response from Unashamed Nation that have used uh, this sponsor. So check them out. If uh, you get 10% off your first month, uh, just be a listener of our podcast. So faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. Fill out a questionnaire. They'll assess your needs and match you with a counselor. Faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. So what I, did I had heard the response to it a lot. All you have to do is believe. Or pray or Re repent. Yeah, repent. You got to believe. You got to repent. You got to confess. You got to be baptized. Yeah. And they gave the verses over and over and over. But when we finally got to, I'm 28 years old, the guy said, if you're going to tell me that uh, I need to hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized, hear what? 
Yeah. I, I just flat out said, hear what? Because I didn't know what the so gospel was. you had was. been to church. I'd been to church, heard them, but then, then they talked about, you know, repentance and faith. You and, think and, they did This is in need of hell and this and that and other. You don't think, did they preach the gospel you just didn't hear it? Or do you just, you think since they didn't stress it? I, I, I mean, surely they. they I, I was asking, he said, well, what do you think the gospel is? I said, don't tell me about hearing. Hear what? Tell me yeah. that. And then we'll move from that. Believe what? Re- repent because of what? Be baptized. What does that mean? Does he go to the? Yeah. But that's where I was, and he said, "You don't even know what it is." I said, "Evidently, I don't." I I said, "Gospel music on the radio or something." I said, "You know." I didn't. I he hadn't. explains Jesus and who he was, who he is, what he did, what he's yeah. now doing, what he will do. When I heard that, I said, "How in the world did I ever miss that?" I said, "Yeah, I had never heard it." See, I thought it was the Bible, but I thought the Bible was a rule book. So that don't that don't. That's kind of there. I'd yeah. right along with that. Well, I, I take it back to what Paul said in Romans seven, verse eight. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of covetous desire. For apart from law, sin is dead. Once I was alive apart from law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I think people have to have that realization that whatever it is that got them there, that I'm dead without something. I mean, for me, it was 18. You know, at 12, I thought I had it because I had the mental part. I mean, I had the intellectual part. Mm-hmm. I'd heard the story. I knew I'd seen your life change. So I was like, okay, I got it. I understand it. But I didn't. Because I didn't understand I was dead in my own sense. Now, I realized that at 18. So I think everybody, no, I shouldn't say everybody, because people come to faith in different ways. For most people, you have to have that realization that without Christ, I'm nothing. And in your case, you you don't have to have a prodigal lifestyle to get you there. Sometimes it could just be a question. If you you go by, you're going to write a book. They send me hundreds of them all the time. If you're going to write a book, and it's a religious book, you need to start quickly with <laughs> Jesus died. Based on the letters in the Bible. Have it in no. the intro. <laughs> well, because now to your point, all the letters words, of the Whatever you got to say, get that out I, on the front end. I agree. Like you, Matthew, Mark, so Luke, I'm, and John. I'm, I, I'm trying to ask because the viewers may have missed it. I mean, we have people who miss this. Sure. Because I remember when I was, this was shared to me, I said, well, why is that the gospel? I remember saying that. Because mm-hmm. I was I was confused. I was like, I was like you, Phil. I was like, tell me the five things I need to do, whatever they are, and back them up with scriptures, and then I'll do it, and then I can get back to doing whatever it was I was doing. You know, it, I was looking at belief in religion as like an insurance policy. <laughs> you know, just tell me what I need to do. Let me check all the boxes. Then if I need it, uh, and if this thing happens to be true, I, I'll, I, well, look, I was young and dumb. I, so I was thinking, just where, where do I sign up? What I got to fill out a form? Yeah. Tell me what I got to do. Like you're buying a car or something. So they're like, well, the gospel. And by the way, gospel you. means good news. Good news. That's what the word means. So they, you know, they read the first Corinthians 15. They, they said, you know, Jesus died and was buried and raised. And I was like, well, why is that the gospel? I remember asking that question. Why is that the gospel? 
Because I wasn't getting it. I thought, that has nothing to do with me. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was, Phil, I was like, you. Yeah. I was like, what do I need to do? They're like, well, the gospel saves you. And I'm like, well, thank you, I guess. <laughs> I just thought, so I, so I believe that or what? You know, I, I just Because couldn't. until you hear it and obey it, the, well, and experience the, the, the spirit. There's no trans transfer of the spirit. Well, yeah. until you have the spirit of God, you'll be walking around as a blind man from now on. You say, "Well, how do you get to you obey the gospel?" Well, then they got into it's, the Jesus. You die. Blind. You now you die, and you're buried. You're raised. Well, well, I believe you know when I was researching it. When I got to that Colossians one, I don't know a light bulb. Many light bulbs went off. Me but, too. But when it, and it described Jesus as the image of the invisible God, that phrase stuck in my brain because I thought, I've wondered about God you know, up until then. And I was like, I, w- I was always the type of person that was like, where's this rain coming from? You know, looking in the clouds. And we got different planets. I mean, I was always trying to find the clues in the creation, which I think that's my first God awareness was just through looking at the creation thing well there's a god but there was something about oh he became a human that's where we're getting this and he 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 lived a sin free sinless life he worked out this through history to document his arrival but then supernaturally comes forth from a woman so he's representing both sides of this thing, God and humans. And ultimately, by his death, is the way that I obtain forgiveness to a God who is just. I mean, it just it just made sense to me. I was like, oh. I mean, I just literally had no idea that's what this was about. Right. Of course, then I have to admit, I got more excited about the resurrection because I had never in my wildest imagination contemplated the fact that I could actually come back from the dead with a body doing stuff. And That's again, why it needs to be explained to everybody when they say, so what What do I need to do? You say, you need to understand that when, because a lot of them say, just put your faith in Jesus. They need to say at that point, you put your faith in Jesus and who he is, God who became flesh. It, it's that, that, that separates him from anybody else that's ever been. He's God in a human body. Only time ever that happened. He became a human so he could die and be buried and raised from the dead, thereby removing your sin problem and your physical death problem. 24-7, you have his spirit now in you when you obey that. You die to sin, you're buried, you're raised, and you receive God's spirit, and you go forward. And when someone says, how do I get out of here alive? Is there anything to that, that Bible stuff? You say, here's what happened. Here's the story. The power is in that story. But you do and, it in and, humility and, and surrender. And, you know, that's and, what I, it, t- it takes a while to mature enough it to does. realize that, that, oh, I, I had it completely backwards. And to realize the personal impact. Let's take a break. So have y'all noticed uh, having some hearing issues as you gotten a little bit older? Mm. <laughs> it happens. 
<laughs> I can safely say the three of us at the table, it is happening. Maybe most with Dad. Uh, shotguns, we've had a lot of issues through the years that have contributed. Wax. To, to wax, you know, that's right, sinus problems that have contributed to our hearing problems. But we've got a sponsor, MD Hearing Aid, that's here to help us to hear a little bit better. And what they're trying to do is offer a more affordable alternative than these, you know, 5,000 plus that you have to go when you buy these hearing aids. They have an FDA registered uh, device. It uh, has over 80% less than clinical hearing aids. So again, it saves you some money, which is one of their main features, and yet it works really well. Uh, it's water resistant into up to three feet of water, which is really good. They have over 600,000 satisfied customers. So we want you to check them out. Get um, clinical level care for 80% or less, MD Hearing Aid. So go to mdhearingaid.com, use the promo code UNASHAMED to get their buy one, get one for $2.99 each when you buy a pair deal. I saw the perfect illustration of this last night. I never, I didn't think about it until y'all were just discussing that. I was watching, uh, BK and I were watching an old episode of The Office, and so the Michael Scott, <clears throat> who's the director there of this office, he was having financial troubles, and so one of the people said, "Well, you just need to declare bankruptcy, and you'll able you'll be able to start all your finances over." And he's listening, you know. And so a few minutes later, he walks out into the office. There's all these people there. He said, "I declare." bankruptcy and then he walks into his office and he closes the door so the accountant comes in oscar and he says you know you just because you say that out loud there's like a whole process you have to go through like that hasn't changed anything in your in your life situation he said i didn't just say it i declared it (laughs) and it was a joke but i thought that's a lot of people's approach to faith they just say at some point well i said out loud i declare Jesus is Lord, but then that's it. And then now, did you? But did you? Right? Did you really? The whole process of a life change and becoming something different and dying to sin and becoming new. There's a whole. That's the rest of your life. The declaration. That's why I think a very underrated paragraph in First Corinthians 15 is that nine through eleven, because he says, "For I am the." He had just explained. We'll read the yeah. rest of that before you get to that. Well, I was going to go back because okay. I had another point on that. But okay. just in this moment, I, I just wanted to share about this point of you you start with the gospel because that's what changes your heart. I mean, that was God's idea. But he, he then he always wove grace in there because we as humans want to take credit for everything that happens in our life, right. especially the good things. You know, the bad things, we blame somebody else. But So he says, for I am, this is Paul who, I mean, look, we're reading his letter. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But he's writing this because he's overwhelmed. You sense the compassion that he feels for getting it wrong before he met Jesus. That's true. He's like, man, that's just what I said when the woman's like, you're a professional. I feel the same way. I'm like, I'm not, I'm one of the dumbest people you'll ever meet, you know? So, because you can't help because you have to have you could have asked You could have asked her, do I look like a, well, a wizard? Professional speaker. Uh, it professional. just took me back so much. But I'm saying that quality that you must possess to allow 
God to take control of your life is the same one that you have to humble yourself when someone starts bragging on you. You're like, no, you've missed this. But even if you considered yourself a professional speaker, Jase, you know, when you're asked to speak on behalf of the Almighty, I want to spend some time with the Holy Spirit before I just start spouting. Well, I'm going to get to that because verse 10, he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. I mean, that's why I said this is an underestimated uh, passage, because mm-hmm. he not only did he remind them of the gospel, but he's also given credit of to what this leads to your attitude of yourself. Because he's like, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. And to your point, Al, the next phrase: No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God. That was with me. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. These people who are trying to get you somehow by your performance and work ethic to attain a measure of spirituality, it you, you've got it all wrong. This is all about grace-motivated, spirit-surrendering and humbling. And you find those people that are motivated by the grace of God and feel like God is real and he did come here and he is possessing your life. They'll be the hardest working people on the planet. Yeah. I mean, we're literally, I mean, the three of us are going till we drop on a daily basis based on this fact right here. That's right. So, I mean, you you try to get me to line up to do something else? No. But if it's involving getting Jesus out there, I mean, I'll go to work. So then it says, uh, verse 11, whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach. And this is what you believe. So it's like he combined the facts, but they're not just facts because they're facts about who God is in in this encounter and the grace then that motivates you to live the rest of your life. And he also acknowledged in there what we've seen throughout this whole book that he's seen as the least of the apostles because he was the last, <laughs> you know, yeah, he yeah. didn't he didn't walk with Jesus for three years. Although he did spend three years of time with him out in the desert. I don't know what all that and Bible. One, and about. once he also, works his way over into Second Corinthians, which will be there in a few weeks. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We are. We try to persuade men, and he goes on down below there, and he said, "We're like." Uh, Jace, you could have told her, you said, I know, you know, you're, you're saying, well, what about you now, Jason? And you don't seem to be you, you, like you could have said to her, I'm an ambassador. And yeah. she said, what? You're what? He said, I'm an ambassador. I've been hired by God to do a job. So because we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade men. We're like ambassadors. I looked up ambassador in the dictionary it said messenger. We're just simply messengers, conduits. Exactly. Conduits to get the gospel. That way out. you're not thinking of yourself. And look, by the way, I gave the speech. I didn't I didn't feel real good about it. But one of the I'm not saying it wasn't good, but just personally, individually, you know, you get in the way of this. I gave it. And one of the people that worked on the crew actually come up and like, you know, gave me a man hug. Says, Man, that was very inspiring. And I thought, huh. <laughs> <laughs> which the point which is, which by the way, the is woman a, would say he's a professional. No, I'm like, no, 
it, it worked again. No, it's a, it's a, uh, let's take a break. It's an ongoing reminder to you that even when you're pressed into action and you haven't felt like you've spent time with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's still working. Exactly. I mean, I, I experienced this a few weeks ago preaching days. I, I just had a week where I just could not prep like I normally do. And so by the time I got to Sunday morning, I was like, all right, Lord, you know I'm not ready. I'm not where I normally am. But that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit can't say what he needs to say today. Exactly. And he did. Oh, I go through yeah. that process every time I speak. Right. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's always, and Missy, she used to come in there, she's like, why, why do you do this, you know, do this to yourself? Because I'll just have an empty notebook. I'll study, like, for hours. And, there, and I literally write nothing down. Yeah, I spend time all week with it, yeah. And uh, she's like, why don't you just start writing? I'm like, I, I I just, I just, and sometimes look, I never do write it. Yeah. So the time comes I'm supposed to speak, and I did do exactly what you did a lot. Well, I can't study any harder, I, <laughs> and it just comes out. I don't know if I told y'all this. That, so when they they called me and told me that Smith had passed away, <laughs> passed away. I just said it passed on, yeah. and uh, he and so they said we want you to speak at his funeral, and so I was both honored. But also terrified. Oh yeah, I was. was oh, whoa! Storm. I'm sure that stopped everything, didn't it? Forty minute. Look, forty minute mark. Now we we have that on a battery now, so it doesn't actually kill the recording. It's just the lights. Oh well, that's fine then. Let's just keep going. So are we okay? Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, this real life, a thunderstorm came. What, what are we doing? I think, I think you, I that just, was an amen from heaven. I just, just I think tell, you just well, got a signal. Yeah. You just tell signal. me when you're ready to go because I can I get the perfect launch from there. Ready? All right, go. So apparently we just got a message from Smith. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I he told was, me he was going to be watching me. The last time I talked to us, I think that has oh. now been proved. We just had our lights flicker in this. So I don't know the if I... The lightning bolt. So should I flicking. tell this story now or shouldn't tell I? Now, now, I'm one, now I'm doubting myself. You can't talk about the resurrection <laughs> without believing in the resurrection. So if this is the sign... So they so they asked me to speak at Bill Smith, who was our mentor, who's the one that led... That to the gospel, to this exactly what we're talking I about. I think what just happened is, is the Almighty said, "Keep keep it going." Okay, 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 good. You say it's a positive. We're good. trying to interpret the signs. <laughs> so, so, uh, so they, so I sat down, Jay. To your point, it made me think about it when you said that about. So I opened up my Bible, I start reading, and I kind of have a way of preparing for funerals. I mean, I've got some passages passages in mind that I use that kind of apply to family and comfort. I thought about what Smith had taught me. Your first job is to comfort family in that setting. So I thought about that, his family that we love so much. So I sit there and I have an open notebook and it's blank and I'm reading and studying and praying and, and hours go by and I got nothing. Nothing seemed like it fit my relationship with him. So I just closed it all down, went about my day, doing my stuff, praying about it throughout the day. Next morning comes by, because I got another day or two to prepare, nothing. I thought, well, well, this is going to be a short deal here, you know, when this day comes. About the third day I sat down, and I would wind up in Timothy, and this thought hit me. 
what would Timothy say at Paul's funeral? Because that was our relationship. Bill, to me, was Paul to Timothy. I was young. He trained me. He taught me the ways. And so then I started reading First and Second Timothy, and then it just flowed out. This is what Timothy would have said about Paul. And that's yep. what I said about Bill, you know. And so, but I totally attribute that to the Holy Spirit because at first I was trying to go through it all the ways I would do it. Well, here's what I wanted to say. I read that text 9 through 11 before because I thought somebody told me to do this at some point in my Christian life, and it was very good advice because I really struggle with speaking and being courageous, you know, for the Lord. Now, now granted, once that, once I got over that, you know, I, I went <laughs> guns a-blazing. But someone said, because I had this same idea, well, I don't know the verses, I don't know enough, I make mistakes. What if they say, well, you think you're perfect? No, I, I came up, you can come up with 101 reasons why not say anything. And somebody said, well, what would you tell God, if you were standing for God, you know, he comes back, boom, judgment day happens. What would you tell him on why you should enter? And that was a very good question for mm. me because I started thinking, what would I say? You know, let, let's just say, as people say, that we stand before God and he's like, what do you mean to do about it? Well, why, why should you enter? Well, in the first year or two that I thought, I thought about things that I did because I was immature and stupid. But the more I read this, I said, you know what I'm going with? I'm going to say, well, I'm going to remind you of the gospel. That I'm, I'm going to preach the gospel that yep. Jesus died and was buried and raised, and then I'm going to do my version of 9 through 11. Now, I know I'm least of humans, and I do not deserve to be called the Son of God. Or I, I'm going to do the same thing because I think that's what he was doing. But by your grace, I am what I am. The grace was not without effect. I've worked my butt off down there on the earth. You've watched it but it was based on your grace and your death, burial, and resurrection. Well, to me, I think that would be the right answer. Yeah. And I think that's the right answer for what we should be doing now. Right. And I think that was his whole point to the Corinthian church. There was no purpose. They had lost the plan. They didn't even realize that God created them for a purpose, and they were arguing about you know, what sex they were going to be. And here he is getting to the... To the end, saying, "Let me just remind you yep. of this." I mean, I I think that's what he was trying to get them to see. Well, and I think you're right. I, <clears throat> I think if the message is of is Jesus's message, the message of the cross, the wisdom is the wisdom from the Spirit. Remember that was chapter one and two, and now we're right here focusing in on it. First Corinthians fifteen, the first nine verses. Then we can take no credit for it. That's right. How could we ever take credit for it? Yeah. It's funny, Jason. So I, uh, so after the at the end, so the funeral, you know, I'm speaking. There's all these graduates, or there are people that Smith had trained, and a bunch of them were just honest. They were like, you know, there's a bunch of jealous guys out here because we would all love that opportunity. I said, well, yeah, no, sorry, family asked me to do it. And J.J. Turner came up to me, and he wrote the book on homiletics that we studied in school. So this is like the speaker's speaker. You're talking about professional speaker. He came up to me, said. Brother, I've done a lot of funerals, and I've sat a lot of funerals. I've never heard anything like that before. In, in which this is a guy I respect, you know, and he's giving me this great comment. And I, and, but I said the right answer. And my first thought was like, wow, J.J. Turner. And then I thought, well, you know, I can't take credit for it, J.J. That was straight from the Spirit because I had nothing. 
until the Holy Spirit spoke what he needed to speak. And I think that's the way you have to view everything when it comes to life in response yeah. to the gospel. It's it's grace. You're, you're exactly right. Which, by the way, everybody, where you get into trouble with the Bible is people go straight to the middle of a book or a letter. You you need to start the beginning and the end because the, the writer is going to tell you what it's about. Exactly. And then the stuff in the middle usually applies to some specific group of people. You mentioned Galatians. They had an issue by adding to the gospel. Other churches didn't have that. That's why I didn't say anything to the Philippians yep. about it. They just, that's, that's why these people show their ignorance in churches when they say, why well, don't keep sharing the same message? You know, yeah. people gripe about that. The Galatians like, had it you down. Read this? Yeah, they had it down to, yeah, we believe, okay, we believe Jesus came in faith. He died for us, was buried and raised from the dead. All we're going to do is just add one thing, but you still have to be circumcised. <laughs> that's right. You have to be circumcised or you're not going to make it. And Paul said, do what? <laughs> and I mean, it's so gross and so many said, ways. Y'all going to be eternally like, condemned if you say you got one little thing you better add to all that. Uh, you ne better need you need to be circumcised. You're like, I mean, number one, the thought of me visualizing my own circumcision it kind of makes me nauseous. Oh. I don't want anybody coming toward me with any kind of metallic instruments. <laughs> yeah. and now we've gone made a segue and said you can't inherit the kingdom of God unless we go over we'll share Jesus we'll do all that. And now we all right time hey, for the cutting. Time to get your clothes well, on. Look, yeah. <laughs> I'm like what? Churches modern churches do the same thing. They said, well look the gospel's great and Jesus is awesome. This is what you need to be saved. But also, you have to take our membership class <laughs> yeah. to be able to be a we member have of the kingdom. creed. You need, Wait to a minute. you need to study this creed, and it <laughs> tells right. you what we believe. That's right. You say, and they look at somebody like, like you, Jace. They don't ever do it to me. Yeah. They look at you, and they say, but y'all just don't seem like theologians. You, 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 you like, you, it, it doesn't sound like you've. Informally trained in the word, they it's it's like my sister. You say theologian, theologian. Failed. Where is that verse? I was gonna go speak in an event this was years ago, and they sent me a hundred question questionnaire that I had to fill out of biblical questions before, before you're okayed. Yeah, and she's like, "What do you want me to do?" I said, "I want you to draw out the gospel diagram." on the question one and then just put the grace of God is telling me no and I said send it so that's what we did I mean no I'm not coming <laughs> if I got if I'm gonna have to fill out a 100 it was just various question what do you believe about this what do you believe about that what do you I've believe about that too. what do you believe about that I thought well, I don't know how anybody's going to make it if we have to sync up on Two that. words for that, hard pass. All right, so we're out of time. Um, on, on the overtime, we, we we missed one little section there in the first part of 15. We'll, we'll uh, make sure we catch that up, and the next time we'll come back and talk about the resurrection body in the next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.